This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafuma. Mark Thompson. Get woke. We're here at the invitation of pastors, leaders, faith leaders, moral leaders in Jacksonville and throughout Florida. Uh, we've heard from red letter Christians. We've heard from Jewish leaders. We've heard from Dr. Ivor Carruthers uh, and the Proctor Conference and many others across the country who are also standing in solidarity with us today. And we're here in the name and in the memory of Angela Michelle Carr, Gerald Gallion, Joseph Lagar, Jr., uh, Bishop William J. Barber II, President of Repairers of the Breach, one of the anchors of the Poor People's Campaign, National Call for Moral Revival, and founding director of the Center for Public Theology and Public Policy at Yale Divinity School. We'll open the conference in a moment, but first I'm going to call on the pastor of St. Paul AME Church to lead us in a moment of prayer. And as he's preparing to come, I'm going to ask uh, uh, all of the pastors uh, and clergy leaders who are here, if you would uh, come and stand uh, behind us here uh, as we are all standing together, all being together in this, and those who are speaking stand here on each side of the podium. Uh, but first, Pastor Barnes will come, and then we're turning to uh, Bishop Barbara. But in the meantime, clergy, if you'll just kind of quietly make your way, even up in this area here, if you, <clears throat> those of you who are speaking, just stand down near here. Reverend Jackson, please feel free if there's anybody who has a disability or a need to sit that we staff, would you all make sure that if there's a clergy person that needs a seat, you all um, move one, ask the pastor, can you do it? because we want to welcome all people abled and, and differently abled. Yes, sir. Jacob, just keep going and you can have people. Let us um, have our prayer come because we know that some members of the media uh, have time deadlines that they're on. We want them to hear from the leadership in Jacksonville. We're being live streamed across the world. Uh, this um, press conference has been sent out to hundreds of media outlets, uh, including the Associated Press. And so if we can be led in a prayer that, and please, if you would remember, our Shalom, our Jewish brothers and sisters, our Salaam Alaikum, our Muslim brothers and sisters, uh, as we come together as one body, one people uh, in this moment. Let us pray. Most holy, gracious, all-knowing, and all-caring God, we pause at this moment to invoke your presence in this place. We invoke your presence not just here at St. Paul, but we invoke your presence throughout Jacksonville and throughout the state of Florida, this country, and this world. When we look around, we are plagued by images of racial terror, racial violence, not just that takes lives, but also racial violence in policies. When we look around, we see inequities, injustices, all the way from DC to Tallahassee and everywhere in between. But God, we know that you gave us a moral clarion call. You called us to righteousness, 
to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with you. And God, we know that we not only need to move in terms of political action, but we also need a spiritual revolution. We need a moral revolution. And so God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that today is the genesis of something great. We thank you, God, that today is the genesis of a movement that crosses party lines, crosses religious lines, crosses ethnic lines and racial lines. And we know that the devil is horrified, that enemies are horrified at what happens when people join together across all different divides. So we come standing as brothers and sisters proclaiming that justice isn't just going to happen when Jesus comes, but justice can happen today. We lift up the families of the victims of the terrorist attack that took place down the street as they mourn the loss of their loved one. God, I ask now that you would comfort them and you would allow this press conference to begin to give them peace, that their loved ones did not die in vain, that through their untimely and unfortunate death, something great is going to come out of it. That a revolution, not just in Jacksonville, but across this state is going to take place. And we thank you for what you're going to do through us. In the name of all that is holy, for me, that is the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Let every heart and mouth say amen. Let me, on behalf, and I'm here strictly on behalf of the Paths of the Breach and the Center for Public Theology and Public Policy, I give honor to God, the God of justice and love and mercy, and to thank Reverend Alvin Jackson for being our coordinator on the ground and all of the team and the staff that have been there. Most of all, to thank Bishop Frank Madison Reed of the 11th Episcopal District, to thank Dr. James T. Morris, the president of the Florida Council of Churches, uh, to thank Reverend Mark Thompson as well, to thank Dr. Burks with the Florida United Methodist Conference, uh, to thank uh, Sandy Messick of the Regional Minister of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, uh, to thank uh, the Dean, Dean Kate Moorhead, Carol, Dean of St. John Episcopal Cathedral, to thank the Reverend Dr. Willie Barnes, to thank Rabbi Jacobs, Rabbi Pesna, and others uh, who have come together to call us together. Bishop Reed said, we need a time of prayer and fasting, repentance and confession. And we need to do it in a way that understands we don't engage in a false dichotomy. Uh, we don't be political over here and spiritual over here. In fact, Isaiah 58, when it calls us to fast, it says that, that if you just do away with food, but you don't do away with meanness, if you just do away with food, but you don't do away with violence. If you just do away with food, but you don't do away with injustice, then you've really not fasted and they're really not a repair of the breach. But if you do both together, then that is what God is honored. And I thank Bishop for his wisdom 
This is the call to take back to Mike from the haters and the dividers. We must have more than a day. There are two funerals tomorrow. Reverend Mark Thompson will be attending one, and there's another one uh, where my brothers and sisters will be. But Bishop Reed and Dean recognize, and Dr. Mars and others, what do we do after? And so we're laying out today a call to action. It is time for the nation to hear from Florida local clergy, Florida clergy and religious leaders calling the rest of the nation, it's time to take back the mic. And in this state, say to Governor DeSantis, Speaker of the House, uh, the Senate pro tem uh, leader, and all public officials of any party who are using the words of culture wars to attack Black history, to attack Black people, to attack uh, uh, people based on their sexuality, to attack women, and to attack immigrants that they are in fact using those things to distract and divide, to keep us from focusing on the real issues. And it's time for them to cease and desist or resign, to repent, to confess, to cease and desist or resign. And we are required in this moment to raise up a mighty coalition of love and truth who will speak with our prayers, with our voices, and with our votes. To all of you in the media, the moral leaders who are here today, I want you to look at them. Uh, I would be there, I'd just come out of surgery a few days ago and will be joining with them on the 16th. But I want you to listen to these leaders who are on the ground. They're not helicoptering in. They have to care for this community. They have to bury the loved ones. They're not just those who are dying from, from this violence, who died from this violence, but who are dying from public policy violence. These are some of the most gifted and diverse servants. Congregations, they represent millions of congregants across the state of, of Florida. And they are rising up to take back the mic from those who have for far too long used the public mic to fill the airways with hateful and divisive lies about black people, black history, uh, LGBTQ brothers and sisters, immigrants and women. And we are here to declare that this rhetoric is not only dangerous, but as the pastor prayed, it's not only dangerous to those who it targets, it distracts and it can turn deadly because it's not just who killed our three brothers and sisters, but what killed them. And in, and, and, and in the midst of this is so distracting because while the governor, DeSantis, and others are engaging in culture wars and the lies of division, 9,500,000 plus people in Florida are poor and low income. We're not talking about that. 44% of the entire state of Florida are poor and low income at the very time, Bishop Reed, that, that poverty is the fourth leading cause of death. And instead of talking about that and fixing that, they're dividing and spewing hate rhetoric. Nine voter restriction bills have been between 2020 and 23 have, have, have been pushed in Florida. Less voting rights today than we had in 1965. He's not trying to fix that. They're not trying to fix that. Instead, they're trying to keep your attention from that focus on division. 
in this state of Florida, 43% of the electorate, 7 million people are poor and low wealth. In Florida, a household of two adults and two children need to earn 25 hours dollars an hour to meet basic needs. And, and But the haters and the dividers are blocking living wages and trying to keep people focused on, on hate rather than on be, being made whole. In the state of Florida, over 4,400,000 people work every day and make less than a living wage. 41% of your entire workforce make less than $15 an hour. That's 34% of Asians uh, uh, and natives. 57% of black folk who are workers make less than $15 an hour. 51% of Hispanic, 32% of white workers, 46% of women, and 59% of working women. But you don't want to talk about that. Instead, divide. And at the beginning of 2023, 700,000 plus households in Florida reported being behind in their rent. Is that is your governor and the haters doing a thing? No. During the most intense period of the pandemic, 2.5 million people in Florida were uninsured. And one study just came out and said, Florida, your life expectancy has gone down. And people died in Florida because people were choosing to spew hate rather than encourage people to get their vaccines and get protected. This is the deadliness that comes in addition to creating an atmosphere that gives a license and makes some people think it's all right to kill. And lastly, 8.4 million workers in Florida, 78% of the workforces, uh, 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 Dr. Mars, 78% do not have paid leave. And in the midst of this, the Santas and others want to spew hate and division, engage in culture wars, and get us focused on that and get people divided rather than fixing every one of those policies I just named could be fixed by one piece of legislation. And a gunman in broad daylight in the midst of this murders three black people in an environment laced with hate and division. And rather than focusing on the real issues like lifting the poor and living wages and health care, many of your leaders, so-called leaders, want to foment division in the hope that they will have caused people not to come out and vote, but more importantly, will distract people from the real issue. And the, the ugly truth is the governor is championing rules right now in Florida that would make it illegal to, to discuss what happened on August 26th of this year. This is what we're facing. This is why we must take back the mic. And we must take it back because there's a history to this. August 27, 1960, there was the axe murders in Jacksonville. And it happened at the same time you had legislators spewing hate then, 63 years ago. I remind you as I close that on September 15th, the reason we're going to uh, have an event on the 16th is because on the 15th, 1963, 17 days after the March on Washington, four girls were blown up in a Birmingham church. And Dr. King said then, and he said when uh, also a young man was killed down in, um, in later in Alabama, um, James Reed, he said, and Jimmy Lee Jackson, he said, these folk have something to say to every politician who has fed his constituencies with the stale bread of hatred and the spoiled meat of racism. We must be concerned not merely with who killed them, 
but what? The spewing of hate and division is contrary to our deepest religious values, which call us to love and to have compassion and to speak the truth. Even your constitution, which the governor and others swore to uphold, says, we the people of the state of Florida being grateful to the almighty God in our constitutional liberty in order to secure its benefits, perfect our government, ensure domestic tranquility. When you spew hate and division, and create an atmosphere that gives license to violence, you are not ensuring domestic tranquility. So you are out of order and you need to cease and desist, repent and confess or resign. But the people must rise up a mighty movement of truth and love. This spreading of division finally with sarcastic arrogance is wrong. And we as religious and moral leaders must take back the mic and we must take it back now not just for a day not just for a funeral but forever and so we're going to accept the challenge of bishop reed to go into 10 days of fasting and prayer next friday and you'll hear more about this young people of different races will leave the ame conference and take letters cease and desist letters to the governor's office and then on the 16th, there will be a mass march and speak out in Jacksonville, led by local clergy speaking to the state and to the world. And from that, we will launch what the pastor said, the moral fusion movement committed every race, creed, and color to take back the mic and speak with our voices and our votes, truth, love, and justice. God bless you all as you lift up your voices like a trumpet and challenge the hatefulness and the divisions of our time. Thank you so much, Dr. Jackson. My name is Frank Madison Reed III, Bishop of the 11th Episcopal District. To my sisters and brothers that are about to pick up the mic, to all of these clergy, not only from Jacksonville, but throughout the state, our brother, and one who has picked up the mic going back to Moral Monday days in North Carolina, Dr. Barber, Bishop Barber, and to our not only Christian clergy, but our imams that are present. Assalamu alaikum, and in the name of Allah, the beneficent and merciful. We have gathered in one minute and 59 seconds. We have gathered here today because business as usual is no longer acceptable. Not too many years ago, we talked about dropping the mic, but now we must take the mic back from the haters and speak truth and love. President Obama dropped the mic. Trump and the haters picked up the mic. But like Dr. King on April 4th, 1967, we have come to declare as clergy that we need a radical revolution in values. And because we need a radical revolution of values in my last 30 seconds, because we need a radical revolution of values, we must not let religion divide us. 
we must not let racism and sexism and economic inequality divide us. And so how good and pleasant it is when sisters and brothers walk together in unity, not only in front of the cap, not only in front of the camera, but on the 16th, on the 15th. And so let's walk together, Jacksonville. Let's walk together, Florida, and declare and decree business as usual is no longer necessary. And Dr. Jackson, as I give you the mic, we have fasted together. When do, when do the 10 days start so I can know when to start the 10 days? Right now. It's 10 days today. So at six o'clock today, I won't eat for 10 days. I got you. Thank you. Thank you, Bishop Reed. Dr. Morris, Florida Council of Churches. Thank you, Dr. Jackson. His Eminence, Bishop Reed, Bishop Barber, my brothers and sisters. We've come together today in the wake of the senseless murder of Angela Carr, Gerald Gallion, and Annault LaGuardia largely because prophetic voices of moral aptitude, decency, and sanity have been muzzled. Civic courage by our political leaders is in short supply at best. Then there are the pusillanimous, racist, and bigoted elites. Some of them are called white nationalists. That's an oxymoron if ever I've heard one. All the while, talking heads and chattering classes want you to believe this resurgence of racism and recent eruption of hatred has something to do with a quest to make America great again. Nothing is further from the truth, my friends. These enemies of decency and restraint are the ones who have poisoned the young minds of America, like the young man who set out on a mission a few days ago here in Jacksonville to kill black people. Folks, let's be clear. We're on the brink of a cultural revolution in this country. And those self-ordained cultural elites are on the verge of running America off the cliff, like the swine of gathering from the story of the garrison demoniac in scripture. But on the flip side, then it was the exercised demons that were cast into the swine and they ran over a cliff killing themselves. In this day and time, today in Jacksonville, in Florida, it's the demons who are in charge right, rather than the demons being exercised and run over the cliff. But listen, the brutal murder of Carr and Gallion and Laguar are not in vain. We're here because we've come to take back the mic. We've gathered here for the express purpose of speaking truth to power. And listen, this is nothing new. In the Torah, Moses did this when he demanded that Pharaoh let God's people go. Somewhere I heard it said that silence is acquiescence. That is to say the silence of God's earthen vessels in the face of so much wrong thinking and action means we accept the immoral actions of those who commit these egregious acts of hatred and violence. The silence. The silence of many pulpits, churches, cathedrals, synagogues, 
masjids, mosques, temples, friends, meeting houses, or kingdom halls, or places of gathering is not just wrong and immoral. It runs contrary to the teaching of every divine being, as well as encouraging this kind of behavior to grow, thereby creating a procession of victims yet to have their names called. If God's people don't speak up, we'll be in this place time and time again. The Bible I read teaches in Deuteronomy 16 and 20, justice and only justice shall you follow, that you may live and inherit the land that the Lord your God is giving you. We've come to declare that this land is your land, is also my land. It's our land from California to the New York Islands, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me, and we won't be silenced anymore. We're determined to tell America the kind of, it'll look just like Florida. Homelessness on the rise, no affordable housing, no concern for low wages. The state's minimum wage still $8.65 an hour. Teacher salaries, the lowest in the nation. Unemployment benefits, all but non-existent. One of the lowest corporate tax rates in the nation. While many of Florida's companies pay no corporate income tax at all. We don't have Medicare or Medicaid expansion. The quality of health care here in Florida is non-existent. Long-term elder care is at best pitiful. We have the worst long-term care for seniors that any state in the country has. And we have more seniors than any state in the country. The man who wants to be your president, America, flies plane loads of migrants to Martha's Vineyards, declares war on Mickey and Minnie Mouse, pushes forward a don't say gay law, demonizes drag shows, signs into Florida a law mm, shattering, shattering discriminatory measures against LGBTQ plus people. A African-American history calls slavery a good thing because slaves developed skills that they were personally benefiting from. This is the man who would be king. Well, what can be done? I'm glad you asked. Shh, listen. He's declared war against woke. Let me tell you something. Woke, vote. Woke, folk, vote. Woke, folk, vote. That's what we must do to change the trajectory of the state of Florida. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, my name is uh, Reverend Mark Thompson. I wear a number of hats in service to repairs of the breach uh, and Proctor Conference. I'm also the host of Make It Plain, but I'm most importantly a spiritual son of Bishop Frank Madison Reed and Bishop Barber and the Reverend Alvin Jackson and the Reverend Dr. Iva Carruthers, who represents the Proctor Conference and who joins us virtually uh, on this Zoom. I'm a spiritual brother to the Reverend Dr. Freddie Haynes, the newly appointed president of the Rainbow Push Coalition, who had to board a flight, was prepared to join us, but his flight was taking off. He sends his utmost and irrevocable solidarity with this fast and this movement. Just a few brief remarks from me 
as this terrible tragedy is bookended by three historic dates and events, the anniversary of the March on Washington, ax handle Saturday right here in this community, and the 16th Street Baptist Church bombing, which we will commemorate when we march next week. I think that we do well to resurrect the words of Dr. King himself when he eulogized the four little girls in Birmingham. These victims here in Jacksonville, Angela Michelle Carr, A.J. Laguerre, Anote Laguerre, Gerald Gallion. As Dr. King would say, each of them, these three, has something to say in their deaths. They say to us that we must be concerned not merely about the one who murdered them, but about the system, the way of life, the philosophy which produced the murderer, a philosophy put forward by the governor of this state, a philosophy that has barred classroom lessons on race and classroom lessons on sexual orientation and gender identity, a philosophy that blocked advanced placement African-American studies and defunded diversity, equity, and inclusion programs at state colleges and threatened teachers who would teach black history and CRT. A philosophy that established this Florida election police force, a philosophy that got passed an anti-riot bill, a philosophy that established a redistricting plan that eliminated two congressional districts that would have empowered the African-American electorate. I think even one of them was here in Jacksonville. And a philosophy that just yesterday, even in the midst of this, we learned just yesterday that he is pushing to replace the SAT, which isn't great, with the CLT. That's where they get the chant from. CLT, not CRT. The, the, the classic uh, learning test, which teaches everything Western and nothing modern or progressive, rooted in Western hegemonic pedagogy. These three, as Dr. King would say, have something to say to every politician, especially DeSantis, who has fed his constituents with the stale bread and spoiled meat of racism, hate, xenophobia, homophobia, and subjugation, as Bishop Barber so eloquently stated, subjugation of the poor. These three have something to say to a nation that is compromised a party that has compromised, a whole group of culture of people that is compromised with the undemocratic practices of this government, all he's represented, these three have something to say to anyone who has passively accepted this evil culture of hate and who has stood on the sidelines in a mighty struggle of justice. But these three also have something to say to all of us gathered here, to every minister of the gospel, every imam, every rabbi, whatever religious faith you represent, they have something to say to all of us here standing today who are not silent as those were in Birmingham behind the safe security of stained glass windows. But we all are standing in the memory of these three whose blood stains on the Dollar General Store windows. We pray for these families. These three say to each of us, 
no matter our backgrounds, as diverse as we are, as Dr. King would say, that we must substitute courage for caution. But y'all, in order for these three to say it, we are here to provide the mic. And we will carry that mic with us next Saturday. God bless you. Two speakers before I read the cease and desist letter will be Dr. Burks from the Florida United Methodist Conference and the Reverend Sandy Messick, uh, Christian Church Disciples of Christ. I'm going to read the letter and uh, Dean uh, Kate Carroll will lead us in a closing prayer of repentance and confession. Then we'd like for you to remain for uh, we'll we'll have a few questions, see if there are questions from the media, or maybe I'll read the letter and then we'll have questions, see if there are questions from the media. Then Dean Carroll will come with the closing prayer. Then following that, there will be, I'm gonna ask Clinton Wright to be prepared to come and just share some instructions about organizing. Uh, Dr. Burke. Good morning. I am grateful that I have been invited or the church has been invited to share a little bit about what we are seeing and experiencing here in Florida, most especially since this last event. I, I just want to say that, proudly say this morning that the Florida Methodist Conference is woke. We are awake. We know what's going on and we're gonna do something about it. Uh, to that end, we have, you know, we've talked this morning already about the, uh, the requirement what God requires. God requires justice and love and kindness and mercy and be humble. And so I wanna say this when we recognize that in doing so, we have within our own conference recognized that we don't leave our junk outside the sanctuary door, we bring it in. And, that, and to do that, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we recognize this is what it is. Racism is a sin. It's the work of disciples to dismantle it. And so we are called this morning to do this work. It is not easy. It is not necessarily comfortable. In fact, it is very uncomfortable and very inconvenient. But so was getting on the cross was inconvenient, my friends. We are called to do something, to say something. On behalf of Bishop Berlin in our conference, we want to say that we are working on plans right now where we are intentionally appointing cross-racial appointments. Isn't that crazy in the sense that we are the people of Jesus? We still talk about these things, but you must start somewhere. You must do something. And we began with training and understanding and compassion and empathy and recognize that when we turn our eyes away from policies, we wind up with three dead, innocent people. Mama. We must do something. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ is to pick up the cross and follow him wherever he leads us. And today he led us to this space that we may lift our voices, not in Florida only, but to this nation, to this nation. If we don't do something, we'll find ourselves sometimes uh, in the middle of the creek, if you say, with no paddles and no way to get back. We have a way back. And that, back, that way back is following the gospel of Jesus Christ and loving and considering and understanding all peoples. We must do something. In Florida right now, as we are here, the only people who are safe to speak about diversity and inclusion is the church. I think of when, when Jesus was entering into Jerusalem and he said, and the, and the Pharisees said, make them be quiet. He said, the rocks will cry out. If the church does not stand today, the rocks will cry out. Church, join us, be with us, and know wherever we go, we go with the, in the, the steps of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer is this.
that we will understand that dismantling racism is not easy, but it's the work that must be done. To call ourselves true Christians of, 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 of Jesus Christ, we must do the hard things. Amen and amen. Greetings. I am Reverend Sandy Messick, and I serve as the regional minister of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ here in Florida. And I was at a dinner with a group of disciples pastors in the Miami area when the news of the shooting here in Jacksonville made the airwaves. And we looked around the table at each other with horror and then dismay. Again, it happened again. And then we learned that there was another element at work just as in a church in Charleston and a synagogue in Pittsburgh and a Walmart in El Paso and a nightclub in Orlando, the shooting was not just a random act of violence, which would have been bad enough. It was a targeted attack based on hate and prejudice that tipped over into violence and left three innocent people dead and so many more with scars on their souls and lives shattered. So today we remember and mourn the victims, Angela Carr and A.J. Laguerre Jr. and Gerald Gallion. And we offer our prayers for their families and their loved ones. It cannot escape our notice that this tragedy happened on the same weekend that hundreds gathered to remember the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington, where Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. made his famous I Have a Dream speech. And in that speech, he laid out his vision, which I believe is God's vision, for a country where black and white children can pray together and play together in safety and all of God's children know themselves to be a part of God's beloved community. That split screen moment between what was happening in Washington and what happened in Jacksonville drove home again the reality that the dream Dr. King pointed us to is yet to be fully re realized. Mm. That even as progress has been made, the seeds of hate and bigotry and prejudice continue to be planted and spread by words and actions that take root and grow and too often spill over into violence. It's time for a change. The vision statement of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ says in part, we are a movement for wholeness in a fragmented world. There is no doubt that we are living in fragmented times. The call then is for us to be part of the movement towards wholeness, and not just those in my particular denomination, but all who believe in the vision laid out by Dr. King, the vision of a country where promises of life and liberty and justice for all are lived out in reality for all. A country in which our children are safe from hate and prejudice and the violence of bullets and where innocent people can go about their Saturday afternoon errands free from the fear of being targeted for the color of their skin. It is time for us to plant seeds of a different type, seeds of love and justice and compassion and to call our elected leaders to do the same. As we look for a way forward, I am drawn to a less often quoted paragraph from Dr. King's speech. And I end with this, he said, now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation 
from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood, now is the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children. Now is the time. Pastor Barnes has given us permission to, to skip his uh, scheduled statement in the interest of time. I'm gonna read the letter, the cease and desist letter, uh, and then open the mic for questions uh, from the press. Maybe there are a few questions. We'll just take a few moments with that. And then we'll have a closing prayer of confession and repentance by Dean Kate Carroll. The letter reads, Dear Governor DeSantis, Speaker of the House Renner, Senate President Pro Tempore Baxley, and all public officials of any party who are using the words of culture wars to attack people and distract from the real issues of public life. While your hateful and divisive lies about Black people, about trans people, immigrants, and women have filled the airways, 9,539,000 poor and low-income people in your state account for 44.5% of the population, while poverty is the fourth leading cause of death in America. You introduced nine voter restriction bills between 2020 and 2023, and 10 anti-LGBTQ laws in 2023 alone. Four of the voter restriction bills were passed, while five of the anti-LGBTQ laws were passed. In a state where 43% of the electorate, over 7 million people are poor or low wealth, a household with two adults and two children needs to earn over $25 an hour to meet their basic needs. However, the current minimum wage is just $10 an hour. At this wage, an individual must work 106 hours a week to afford even a modest two-bedroom apartment. There are 4,464,278 people, or 41.9% of the workforce, earning less than $15 an hour. This includes 4,139,862 adults and 34.6% of Asian and Native workers, 57.2% of Black workers, 51.6% of Hispanic workers, 32.3% of white workers, 49.6% of working women, and 49.7% of working women of color. At the beginning of 2023, uh, more than one year after ev evictions protections were ended, 734,476 households reported being behind on their rent or housing payments. During the most intense period of the pandemic, 1,588,100 people in Florida were uninsured, and there has been a decline of life expectancy. Approximately 8.4 million workers, or 78% of the workforce in your state, do not have access to paid leave. Yet, instead of focusing on and addressing the real issues in your state, you spend time spewing hate and division. This is contrary to our deepest religious values, which call us to love, and our Constitution, which in its preamble says, 
we, the people of the state of Florida, being grateful to Almighty God, to our constitutional liberty in order to secure the benefits, uh, perfect our government, ensure domestic tranquility, maintain public order, and guarantee equal civil and political rights to all do ordain and establish this constitution. You are spreading division and hate with sarcastic arrogance. We as religious and moral leaders, along with the thousands who signed this letter, are publicly calling you to cease and desist or resign from using public office, public space, and the public microphone to spew hate and divide the people. This is a form of public malpractice and is dangerously irresponsible. History shows us that words of hate create an ethos of hate, an atmosphere of hate, a political, social, petri dish of hate, eventually spoken words become deeds. And late last month, in the environment your words and deeds have helped create, a racist man decided to move from violent words and attitude to violent deeds and acts, murdering three people here in the city of Jacksonville. I'm not reading all of the letter. It will all be online, but just a closing uh, few paragraphs of it. If you want to use the mic, then let's use it to have a real debate on how we address the issue of poverty and low wages in the state of Florida, something impacting more than 9 million people in your state. Let's deal with declining life expectancy in Florida. Let's deal with the issue of more than 2.5 million people in Florida without health care, even as we battle the continuing reality of COVID and the ongoing struggles of other health diseases. If you want to use the mic, let's use it to debate and deal seriously with issues in public education and environmental devastation. But we will not let you have the mic to continue to spew hateful rhetoric. We call on you to cease and desist or resign. If this is the best, you can use your words and mouth. The death of these three human beings is calling us never to be silent again, calling us to challenge you, calling us to raise up in the state of Florida a mass movement of love and truth that not only will take back the mic, but will also use our voices and our votes to speak in a mighty way for truth and love and grace and mercy and justice in public policy. More importantly, we call you to recognize that one day you will have to face our maker, as we all will. When that day comes, the real question will be, how did we use our lives to lift others up? to bind up the wounds of hurt and oppression, and to care for the least of these. We demand that as public leaders, you cease and desist from words of hate, and we pray as fellow human beings that you learn to love mercy and to walk humbly in love. Amen. This is our letter. This is the letter uh, in part that we're calling on all leaders in Jacksonville and throughout Florida to sign. And the letter will be delivered by students and clergy. Uh, Bishop Reed has given permission as the uh, 
AME Conference of the 11 Episcopal District closes and the state capital uh, for leaders, clergy leaders and students uh, to make their way to the governor's office and to the state legislature to deliver this letter on Friday, September the 15th at 12 noon. We will make that letter delivery. We will open for just a few moments of questions. We'll just take a few questions if there are any. There are a number of people online, maybe some press in the audience. We will take a question or two, then we'll have Dean Carroll close us uh, in prayer. Are there questions from the press? Hi, my name is Destiny McKeever. I'm from First Coast News in Jacksonville. Um, I'm asking um, all of you clergy members, uh, you know, when the governor showed up for the vigil right after the um, mass shooting, he was met by tons of booze. Um, what do you all have to say in response to that? There's a scripture that says, whatsoever a man or woman soweth, that also shall he reap. And the students and the people in the community where the shooting took place, reaped the poverty, reaped the poverty, reaped that day violence and death of three innocent people, one of whom's pastor uh, is here, the Reverend David Green, and they, she will be funeralized, Sister Carr, tomorrow at, I believe, 11 o'clock, at 11 o'clock. And so that's, that's the best answer and the shortest answer. When you create an environment of hate, people will respond with nonviolent love. They took back the mic. From the press? Okay, yes, please. Okay, yeah, stand up, take the mic and identify yourself. Yes, sir. I'm Pat, Pat Bryant. Uh, Westside Gazette newspaper out of uh, Fort Lauderdale and also NNPA. Since the Citizens United decision of, uh, we've had an outpouring of corporate dollars into politics, into the US Chamber of Commerce, into the Florida Chamber of Commerce. And that money has been used to fuel the MAGA takeover of legislatures here and around the country. What must be done to, to deal with this situation? Okay, I'm gonna ask Pastor Barnes to respond to that. I was taking care of a in-house issue. Can you concisely repeat the question? I want to use my words carefully. What are we what, what are we doing? What are we doing here to deal with the money that fueled MAGA since the Citizens United decision? MAGA has gotten the majority of the corporate money and they have taken the airways, they've gone everywhere with it. They build a movement with it. And that was our money. We buy from public. We buy from all state. We buy. 
I want to respond to that, but I want to respond to it this way. I think what this group is here to address are issues that were created long before MAGA. And I understand uh, the linkage between Citizens United and MAGA that you are referring to, but I don't want to amplify MAGA. I want to amplify God. And I want to amplify this. Uh, in Genesis chapter 11, verse 6, God came down when the people were building the Tower of Babel. God had to come get a first row look at what was happening. And, he's, and God said, oh, my goodness, uh, uh, nothing that they do because they are united, they're speaking the same language, nothing that they do will be withheld from them. And what we're trying to do is say this is a non-political movement of people across this different cross sections of America and the world that are going to come together united. And when we do, nothing will be withheld from us, including what you just talked about. So we're here to talk about systemic racism, policy violence that existed long before there was a Donald Trump. I know that's good. You're proud of that young man. Yes, and rightfully so. Thank you for your questions. I know that there might be other questions from the press online or here. Our team will follow up with you and uh, we will respond to your questions. And we, we will be here after this, uh, after we conclude here to, uh, to answer additional questions if there are some. I'm gonna invite now Dean Kate uh, Moorhead Carroll, Dean of the St. John's Episcopal Cathedral, Jacksonville, to come and lead us in a closing prayer of confession and repentance, Dean Kate. Let us pray together. Oh, holy and eternal one, we trust that you now have welcomed home Angela, AJ, and Gerald. We ask that you would embrace their souls and that you would bring them to glories that we cannot even begin to imagine. But we speak to them and we say, we're so sorry. We are so sorry that you had to die in this way. And each and every one of us is responsible because we allowed a young man who had been involuntarily committed to a psych ward to buy a semi-automatic weapon. We allowed a child of God to grow up in a world in which he was not born a racist. He learned hate. And we allowed this young man to grow up and to develop in this way and then to get himself a firearm. And Lord, we ask that you would help us now because most of the people who are watching this, who read this are good people. And we know that the darkness doesn't work by getting us to deny Christ. It usually works much more subtly by getting us to say we're too busy. We can't show up next Saturday the 16th because we got this or that. Or it doesn't make a difference if we vote or not because there are so many people voting. Or we say, you know, I just can't do this anymore. I'm too tired. The darkness works through our apathy. And Lord, we ask that you would give us strength and courage that we would be able to take back this mic and take back our country, that there would be better laws surrounding our guns, that we would work towards racial justice and reconciliation among all people. 
We ask, Lord, that you would give us the strength and the fortitude to show up on Saturday. Sixty years ago, a quarter million people showed up with Dr. King. Lord, we ask that you would convict our hearts, that thousands upon thousands will join us next Saturday, that we would be marching in love across all political parties, that we would be marching for a better world, a vision of the kingdom that you gave us, that you gave us in the exodus from slavery, that you gave us in your son Jesus, that Dr. King gave us on that day in Washington, D.C. We have not forgotten that vision and we have not gotten there. So help us, Lord, help us to not sit back, but to fast and to pray and to become the disciples that you call us to be, the fullness of who you have created us to be. Strengthen us to do your work in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister or brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.